Welcome to the Adoptee Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Melissa Guida Richards, an author, adoptee, and mom. Each week, we will delve into the nuances of adoption, as well as tips for how to bring up difficult discussions in your adoptive family. And most importantly, we will not shy away from tough topics. So thanks for joining me today, and let's jump into your weekly dose of Adoptee Thoughts. Can you please introduce yourself and your connection to adoption? Hey, everyone. I'm Molly E. McLaurin, and I am a transracial adoptee. I identify as Black, and I am of mixed background. Um, And so I have a twin sister, so I'm adopted kind of with a racial mirror, but, you know, one racial mirror my whole life is kind of rough. Um, But, yeah, I'm a domestic adoptee, and um, I was adopted as a baby. So um, lots there to unpack, but that's how I identify as an adoptee. And um, I am also the founder of Moderate Connections. And so that is a company that brings people together to make meaningful connections. We do events online and in person. Um, We do a monthly gathering that we've done for almost five years now called Adoptee Talk. Um, I might have misquoted that, maybe like four years, but that COVID time has been a time warp. Um, we started that, <laughs> and I'm still like, well, how many years before that was it? I don't even know. Um, Cause this time warp has been crazy, but yes. Um, so we do meet adoptees monthly and it just provides a safe space for adoptees to gather and connect and meet one another and become friends and build a community on their own and then come back together on, you know, on a monthly basis and connect. Um, and then, yeah, we do lots of events that are un, related to adoption. We do like women's events, um, kind of events that help us get to the uncomfortable places and talk about things that often society doesn't want to talk about, um, to lift up people's voices and hear people talk about the hard things, whether it's women who want to talk about pregnancy, labor, um, miscarriages or dating life, self-esteem, things like that. Um, and we also do events where it's, you know, educational based empower empowering others, um, you name it, we probably talked about it. So it could be, you know, I want to learn how to travel or I want to learn how to connect with other people, um, social events, things like that. So um, marriage events, Christian events. So lots of things to get people out of their shells talking and, you know, striking up conversation for the next, uh, the next thing, you know, it could also be that you want to learn how to be, you know, better, like your better self. And that is what we do through coaching. So a lot of conversations that come up during these events, sometimes someone uncovers the fact that, Oh, I want to be more confident. And so, uh, as a, as a certified life coach, I say, Hey, come over here and let's do one-on-one coaching. And that's really, really fun too, because I love coaching people. They get to come out of their shell in a private session and be like, wow, I am more confident or I can do this. And it's beautiful to witness what people can see about themselves. Um, and then when they apply it, mm, it's a beautiful thing. So I've had a couple of dating clients get engaged, one get married. I'm really excited to see the next marriage happen next spring. So I'm really, really, really happy, excited, and encouraged to see that the work is, you know, not just sitting right here. Um, so that's Monarch Connections. That's me. Um, and I'm a mom. My son is 15 months. I'm married. My husband is awesome. We've been uh, married for almost seven years, so I'm excited to see what the next couple of years look like. Thanks for 
helping me to you know introduce myself and be on this podcast yeah i'm so glad that you're here um for those of you who don't know who are listening who don't follow us on instagram or other socials uh which you should um i'll put the links in the description (laughs) um but molly and i we are working on a four-week course called transracial adoption 101 and we are very excited it's a beginning slash i don't know intermediate course for adopted parents prospective adopted parents family members whoever is connected to the adoption community who wants to learn about transracial adoption from the adoptee perspective and it will be starting national adoption month this november so make sure you guys check out the link and the you know all the description tickets are on sale now um and we are so excited to have people start signing up we're gonna have a private facebook group for the group we're gonna have um weekly resources for you guys and it's gonna be an hour and a half class each week and we are going to have so much valuable information molly's husband he's gonna come in um and talk about trauma um and we are just so excited to have these different pieces come together and just be able to work together um but before we get more into that i have a question about the 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 coaching do you get invited to the weddings you know, I did, and it was really awesome. So it was actually a friend of mine from college. Um, we He was a couple years older than me or a couple grades older than me, and so we had always been in, like, social circles, but I never was like, who are you dating? Or, you know, <laughs> I think as a freshman, he was a as I was a freshman, he was a junior, so I was like, who am I to ask this junior, like, anything like that, you know? And we met through a ministry, so we always were hanging out with groups of friends, but I never really saw him with, you know, a date or anything like that. And, you know, sometimes college, you just kind of avoid – you, you may not date as much or whatever, you know, certain people have their own little ways, yeah. but I feel like, yeah, I was, I, I approached him, I think just in a, a random cold text, Hey, I'm doing this thing called dating coaching, Christian dating coaching, you know, you, you know, it's either one. And, and he was like, yeah, I'm in, you know, and it was really cool to see him like to see him say yes. And then, wow, it was such a beautiful journey. Like he jumped right into the coaching. He was like all in, he applied things. He took notes, it, you know, coaching. I think people think it's like, you do what the coach tells you or the coach gives you advice. And I think that's what I thought coaching was too. Um, and I think the the good thing is, and and shout out to all those coaches who go through the coaching certification because you're not really a coach if you don't. Um, that's just my little side note. Or you're not really coaching from a place of coaching if you don't really know what coaching is. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, it's not giving advice. It's listening and walking and partnering with your client because the client is right. The client knows or the client is the expert because they know their life, you know. And so to say you need to do X, Y, and Z, they might not know if they're going to do X, Y, and Z, you know. But they, they need guidance and coaching to help get there, you know, partnership. So I said to this client, hey, you know, like, when, when he became exclusive with this girl who is now his wife, it was just a beautiful thing. I was like, oh, my gosh. And when he proposed to her, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm, like, watching from Instagram, like, oh, this is great. You know, oh, my gosh. He's like, I owe you everything. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, you did this, you know. And you had the tough conversations, like, that you had to have in relationships. And it doesn't end in, it doesn't end in dating, y'all. It comes into marriage, too. Um, yeah. And I see you smiling back at me, me Melissa, like, yep, you're right. <laughs> so, you know, and that's a good thing. It, every relationship is – 
is something that requires work. And I think that's where you and I agree to delve into tough conversations and things that make us uncomfortable. So yes, I got invited to the wedding, but it was on Zoom, but that still counts, you know? And it was, was, I was happily leaving from it. So, and, and I just recently met Heather, who's the wife and it was so beautiful. I got to meet her and see them together and it was so fun. So. We'll be well. I, I think we'll all hang out soon again. So I look forward to that. That's great. Shout out, to yeah. <laughs> How do you keep everything? Because like I know I I work in adoption and writing, and so like sometimes I just talk about motherhood and like that stuff for my other part time job, just writing for a motherhood magazine. But that's cool. Like you have like all these different pieces for your company. How do you how do you keep track of everything? <laughs> and I used to I used to have like travel as part of Monarch Connections. But then when COVID happened, I was like, I'm not really going to promote travel because I don't know if I'm going to be traveling right now, right? Yeah. And the thing of it. So I, I kind of, I think what I noticed is I like to bring people together and that's the core of what I like, Molly likes. And I think, I think that if I really think about, you know, if I bring people together at, let's say, like my one of my first events in person was... Um, well, not really first, but one of my first when I went full time was a sip, a paint and sip. And I love those kinds of events. And I was like, I don't want to just do this for women. I don't want to just do it for a certain type. I want to do it for anyone. And so when I realized it sold out very quickly, people were excited about it. I realized like, I got to keep just doing really interesting events because people will show up. Mm -hmm. And so then during the pandemic, when we were all really locked in our houses and couldn't really go anywhere, you know, some friends and I got to talking and our conversation turned into basically like, oh, we could turn this into a podcast. And then we just eventually turned it into an event and it was mm-hmm. called Hear Her. And so I think the conversation was what we didn't learn about our bodies in the school or in church or from our families and why not? Yeah. And how if the three of us were talking about we never learned X, Y, and Z, then we know that other people haven't learned those things. So therefore, there's a lot of conversations that I'm having with people that turn into like, whoa, what if we bring this to a stage, you know? Yeah. What yeah. if we bring this, you know? Which is funny because so, we were talking as we're planning our event and we're yes. like, hmm, like we keep having these deep conversations about adoption. I'm just like, I should have you on my podcast because this is good yes. stuff right here. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I think the power of bringing people together, yes. Like, I feel like any conversation, I like, I can talk to anyone, a stranger, make a new friend. That's how, you know, you and I became friends like that. I was like, hey, you want to, can we connect? outside of DMing each other. Great. Wonderful. You know, (laughs) know who's this weird girl trying to call me. So, you know, I think it worked out and I think that, yeah, how do I juggle it? I think about the tenets of empowerment Mm -hmm. and, and lifting others up and, um, and I think bringing people together around those qualities, like if we have a women's event and we're talking about empowerment, how are, how are the women going to leave feeling empowered? Yeah. Or how are they going to feel empowered during the event? If I'm having an event that is for Black History Month, talking about what is my why, I don't have to just serve women or just serve men or just, you know, promote a story. But I want to, I want everyone to come together and then feel heard, feel seen, you know. So there's certain words that I have kind of in my, uh, kind of like on a mood board that I had created way back with a, a business, like my business coach. And he was basically like, these are words you want from, you know, what I'm hearing you say. These are words that I, I think you want your clients to feel. And so I was like, yeah. And so if I'm hitting those words, then I think that some of them are empowerment and uplifting and confidence and feeling like you're seen and heard. 
then those are the kinds of events I'm going to have. And those yeah. are the things I'm going to do. Um, so sometimes it's merchandise and I come out with that here and there, or sometimes it's, you know, something else, as long as it's doing those two things or those few things that I'm, I feel like I'm juggling it. But yeah, sometimes I'm just like, well, I got a lot going on. What am I doing here? So it's, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to kind of go back to the drawing board and, and see what's working and see what's not and say bye-bye to the things that are not because you're just going to waste your time and yeah, no yeah. one's buying it. No one's interested in it. And I'm not doing this work to like do it for myself, you know, because that's, that's not, it's not for me, you know? And also I'm, if I want to bring people together, I got to do something that they are interested in, that we as a group are collectively interested in. So yeah, you know, it's a lot of trial and error. Yeah, and I think that's beautiful because there's, like, a lot of adoptees and former foster youth that are, like, thinking about creating their own business and especially, like, focusing on adoption and just education, just being on social media, even if they're not monetizing and just, like, wanting to share their stories and just, like, realizing there's a lot of different pieces involved and it's not always just about, like, just clicking a post and then sharing it and then going viral and then happily ever after your business is perfect because I've gone viral like a few times now on different places from sharing my story and it's a lot like they I I just HuffPo just randomly shared my essay from 2019 again on on their Instagram which is lovely like I'm glad they're still sharing it and stuff yeah but is it like a high and low like it's like all this excitement and then it just kind of drops off kind of because uh, for me like if they tell me that they're gonna share something like if i'm just writing an essay it goes out and they're like oh it's gonna come out in january i'm like okay cool january i have that date in my head i know what's coming but literally last night i was having dinner and then i was just scrolling on my phone um and and then i see it and then like the comments start coming in and they don't even tag me so i have no idea until someone else sees me because people know my story now so they'll tag my instagram so i was like oh what's going on why am i getting so many tags oh they shared it again and literally i can check right now there's like dozens and dozens and dozens of like awful comments which i i know they're gonna happen we know if you share your adoption story it's gonna happen but what it's just like a little upsetting for me when I'm not prepared for it so then it, it just pops up and then it's like okay like I, triggering. yeah I didn't even have a second because if I know I'm gonna share I I can be prepared but it was just like it came oh, I, at, out of nowhere <laughs> it's it, it sounds kind of like I don't know sometimes if I'm texting my sister or an adoptee friend I might be like trigger warning this is about biological family members or trigger warning this is about and if you don't have that and you're just like you said just casually scrolling like now but in your mind you're you're anticipating like the negative comments the positive comments the extra tags like all this attention that you're like i i I wasn't prepared for it is that kind of what it what you're saying yeah that's that's basically it and it it was just like so many people who were like commenting about how i should feel bad for my parents that could because they were barren <laughs> like i'm like you know oh yeah gosh. like literally they said barren oh they're barren you should feel bad for them i feel bad for them because they were barren that's really like stigmatizing and that's upsetting for them oh. and it's so it's just so funny to me because i i get it i get believing that parents are doing the best that they can but what is not said is that parents are human. 
parents yes. make mistakes and every other parent a step parent a biological parent a guardian whatever it is you can criticize and say oh well they made a mistake they spanked me they did this they did x y and yeah. z it's like oh my parents got separated oh you need to go therapy for that because they messed you up but an adoptive right. parent you cannot say anything without people like attacking oh. you and getting yes. like this this knight in shining armor bulked up and ready to go with blows. And they they will not hold back. They make assumptions just from like the tip of the story. They'll, they won't even read the whole thing. They'll just read a snippet and they'll be like, well, you were in a loving home. You should be grateful of that. Oh, well, you sh you would have been left in Colombia because, oh, if you like it so much, go back to that country. Um, wow. Yeah, would you rather be on the street and stuck in the orphanage? Oh, they shouldn't have adopted you. Oh, how dare you do this to your adoptive parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these things. Oh, my God. Which, which is whatever. But <laughs> my point is, is that they feel such an entitlement and a need to protect these adoptive parents that are adults. And we, That's very true. we didn't make this decision. We never chose to be adopted. We had adopted. nothing to do with being adopted, yeah. This is something that happened to us and people just want to hold really tight to this positive adoption narrative that yeah. when, when something is threatening that idea, they will go to blows over it because they don't want to let it go. And the funny yes. thing to me is like, they don't even have to be personally connected with adoption. I was going to say, I feel like there's a lot of strangers in it's the club. It's just people, just people it's in just general. Like have, yeah. And so that's, that's what we're going up against as educators, as adoptees who are sharing our story. This is, this is what we're coming up against. So when people ask like, Melissa, why do you keep talking about it? Why do you keep doing this? Molly, why do you keep putting out events? Molly, yeah. why do you have these groups for adoptees? Because this is what adoptees have to go through. And the thing is, this is coming from strangers. These, these yeah. trolls, I don't even know most of them. And You're they, like, let's talk about the, the family around us let's talk about yeah. what they're doing because we know so, these are from strangers so if you think strangers are comfortable saying this to a random person on the internet imagine those same comments coming from the woman or the man or the person that is raising you since you were in diapers who is changing you every day now imagine those comments coming yeah. from the people that you love the most in your life that you want to do that's everything it. to make them happy and whether that's an uncle an aunt a caregiver and then telling you you need to be grateful your parents saved you this and that why do you think so many adoptees struggle with identity and mental health and i'm sorry i don't mean to like go on a tirade but it's just so frustrating and like it's it's refreshing to have like a friend that that gets it Absolutely. I forget that we're recording a podcast and this video is <laughs> part of it because I'm making faces over here like, uh, you know, <laughs> over here like my facial expressions are saying it all. I'm like, well, don't apologize because you're absolutely right. I feel like you're right about random strangers on the internet saying whatever they want, right? And I'm a random stranger saying whatever I want in a lot of comments too, but usually it's just like encouraging or, hey, that's really cool or whatever. I like I like to leave comments that are positive, you know, and or ask a question if I don't know how to be positive in that certain thread, right? And I'm just talking about general comments, right? I absolutely agree with you that I, I think that some people have this, you're right, they're like, I'm suited and booted and I'm ready to like 
go for it. And it's like you think about the medieval times, you know, warriors that are just locking arms, and it's like we have to fight against that. Like we gotta, as adoptees, get through that whole thing. Like I think, I think that piece of mental health, what you just said, is why so many adoptees speak because we've all lived experience. We are all experts in adoption because of our own story. And I think that for the adoptees who have seen Helen back, the adoptees that, you know, had a decent life or whatever, but, but want to still talk about it. Like all of us have a thread in this and have an ability to say something. And even if people don't want to talk about it verbally, but say something online, that's dope because we know our experiences and we've often been told to be quiet. We've often been told to be grateful. And I'm like, guess what? I don't live in my house anymore with those people. I don't live under their roof anymore and they do not control me anymore. And now I'm going to speak. And it seems as if when I speak, you don't like it, you know? And I think you're right. And I think a lot of, you know, adoptees have lost a lot by speaking, mm-hmm. have lost relationships, have um, been threatened, you know? And so it's, it's right. Like, I think there's, we're all in this place of passion and it's like, we're bubbling up with a passion and there's so much of us who've been bubbling up with passion for years. Right. Um, there's adoptees that are older than me or have passed on who are bubbling up with passion. And I just look, I look forward for the day where it's normal to hear from our voices. It's not normal to hate on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and yeah. Yeah. I and mean, like, I, I want to point out like what you just said about like, the emotions like bubbling up and that's there's even like division between like adoptees and former foster youth because like the when it comes to adoption there's so many heated emotions and whether people are like pro adoption pro family preservation anti-adoption and it's really funny to me because like my whole point is to like advocate for the child and make adoption child-centered and more ethical and yes. like while like not everybody agrees with my perspectives which is fine everybody's allowed to have yeah. their own opinion but when we're approaching social media and putting our stories out there and we're making this our business it's just interesting to see like how the community is acting together and i find that instagram is like pretty like pretty supportive and nice TikTok, it's it's very uh, like it's a very nice community i think with the adoptees and former foster youth but there is like a few spats here and there and there's people who like will randomly troll adoptees but like Mm. i've found that like twitter can be so toxic and yeah there's a lot of adoptees on there who are like completely abolish adoption anti-adoption which again i have nothing against their perspectives you know that's their truth that's what they believe that's fine but what i do not like is when other people share their perspective and like literally i just made a post yesterday like addressing adoption agencies i was like adoption agencies are you going to highlight adoptee voices this national adoption Mm. month like what are you doing to raise our voices like literally that was the entire tweet and then i got like 
inundated by like three or four adoptees that were just like well what do you think that's gonna do oh well you know you shouldn't do that anyway you shouldn't work with agencies they just want what's worse they're just a business they're just thinking mm-hmm. of the child and if just like yes I am aware that most just want to make money I'm aware of that yeah. but the point is to flip this script and have adoption agencies listen to adoptees and that's yeah. that's that's all it was you know listen to adoptees raise voices and then like I was accused of like aiding and abetting adoption agencies i'm like have you have you read or listened to any of my work like i'm not pro adoption agency i'm pro raising adoptee and former foster youth work yeah but that's just like it's so funny because like literally it it happens from adoptive parents it happens from strangers and it does happen within the adoption community within itself too because when you're talking about families and family structures that's a deeply personal thing it's like as personal as like religion is to people yeah but the thing is it even goes it goes to your point earlier like people are human right it's like we're all it's like because like i grew up having an experience that travel is good and you can see other parts of the world and culture and some people might have a perspective that travel is not good why would you leave your home why would you spend the money you know so it's like the same way that you and I are two adoptees. We can have different experiences and different beliefs about one thing within the adoption world. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, it's like, it's just human nature, right. Where we're going to have difference of opinions based on our experiences or just based on like our hurts and our traumas and our good, you know, the things that we think we hold to be great and good. But I think it's like, that's human. And, and it's good to be able to say, okay, we have difference of opinions, but I don't know about like jumping on someone or shaming someone. It's like, all right. Yeah. And I think that the cancel culture is like, my husband is a professor and we talk about this a lot where it's just like some people feel like they can't say anything out loud because if they do, they'll immediately get like canceled or like trampled, you know, trampled down. And it's like the world that I grew up in, I'm, I'm 36. I'm like, am I 36 or 37? I'm 36. But like I grew up where you could brainstorm out loud and social media was not the only way I grew up. So it's like cancel culture is not my norm way of thinking that if someone says something that I disagree with, okay, I can continue on this conversation and see what else is here or I can tweet at this person and see what conversation comes up. But sometimes people you're talking to or we're talking to or they're talking to us or whatever it might be, people are going to have a difference of opinion and you never know if they're just like, eh, well, I don't like what you said, so I'm done with you. I'm going to tear you shreds on this you know, social media post or whatever it might be. And so I think that's just like hard to navigate because one, we're all humans with different perspectives and that's good. We should be able to respect that and listen and learn to each other's perspectives. Cause I think we can actually grow hearing everyone's perspectives as adoptees. Um, it'd be pretty dope to be in a room full of like hundreds of adoptees and we all yeah. get to say our, our piece and just be like, okay, that's what that person thinks. Okay. Here's the, here's the microphone for the next person. What do you think? And here's, you know, and that's good, you know? Um, and then remembering that we don't have to cancel anyone's voice or like come like trampling them down or, you know, because it's just like, yeah, well, let's like, let's dig into why you think this, you know? And for me, I think I've done a lot of reflecting over the last two and a half years during the pandemic where I think a lot of us on social media and I'm on Instagram mostly. So I think for me, that's the main stage in which I'm like looking at. And I, I often, I like to hear what white adoptive parents have to say because I have white adoptive parents, you know? And I'm like, yeah. curious to know what the white person thinks out here because I don't know what my white parents think. I got to go see what other white people think, you know? And I think it's, it's a world of confusion because I've tried to undo my way of thinking and, and, and learning and growing up as a black 
person who was raised in a white culture home, white norm and being colorblind and all that stuff. And I was taught to be colorblind. So I thought, oh, racism's fake. And no, 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 no. It's, it's embarrassing, you know, to say that I believe those things. But ask me who I voted for when I was 18. It wasn't wasn't the Democratic Party, okay? It's embarrassing. But re- the reason I know why I changed is because someone in 2020, a black male friend of mine in college, reached out and, and reached out to me and said, hey, you've changed. I've noticed that you've done a lot of reflecting, listening, learning. Like, I don't know what it is, but you, you, you changed, you know, you mentioned that you voted for Bush and when you were 18 and I was just like, this girl's weird, like kind of, and so, you know, he basically told me like, I had to kind of distance myself from you because of that. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't understand the significance of what I had said or done mm-hmm. as a black woman at that time in my life, because I didn't even know how to be a, I didn't know how to identify even as a black person at that time because I was white washed. I was told to be colorblind. I was told I'm American. I'm not black, blah, blah, blah. I was told to not celebrate the black skin that I was in essentially. And that was a long time ago at this point. So I'm like, well, 36, I've been out of college for a while, but I'm super, super glad that that person told me that they'd seen some growth because that was true. I feel like I had grown and have grown and continue to grow. But I often look at our white people out there growing who are adopting because I'm out here trying to not I'm trying to prevent the future of having more biracial black mollies out here who do not understand their skin, yeah. their culture, and not just understand it, but celebrate it. Like be excited that like you are from somewhere that's really special and cool. And I didn't know where I was from. And a lot of adoptees of color do not know that. Yeah. And that's where the unfortunate piece of transracial adoption is, you know, if you, is, is a lot of parents say that they don't know and, and there's, and that's okay, you know, but, then you got to celebrate something you got to celebrate. And that's where I'm really excited about you and I coming together and talking about some of the things that we do know now, including yeah. my identity. I'm, I was found out that I was, I'm Haitian, part Haitian. And I found out, you know, that I have a biological father who's still living. I can talk to and all these different things that I discovered in the past two years, two and a half years during the pandemic. We're all locked at home, finding out all this information about ourselves. So many of us are doing Right? It's like, how? The world is closed down, and now all of a sudden I have a biological mom, biological dad that I've been in contact with? What? And, and then it's like, even speaking to you, I'm like, and, and you know that you've been adopted for now 10 years, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around that as a fact. <laughs> I'm out here reading this book in a coffee shop of yours, and I'm over here like laughing out loud, underlining, saying yes and oh yeah. And I'm like, I got to call this girl. I don't know her. I don't know Melissa, but I got to call her because I need to know her. Because the fact that you put your passion that was bubbling up into words that is now a resource for parents and a resource for me, honestly, any adoptee out there, if you guys are looking for something to get excited about, this book is, is going to help you, I think, personally. And then you can go read the reviews about her book. And some people are like, eh, she doesn't. And I'm like, again, back to the troll. You know? <laughs> well, back, you. To really, I take that, back to people who are being human and having their opinion. But still, I say, if you're going to have your opinion, then come to the course and learn more about what we're talking about because we can't sum it up in a, in a podcast or a social media post, yeah. but that's why I'm always interested in talking to white adoptive parents because I see, I have seen some white adoptive parents parent very well in transracial experiences. I've seen some people grow and I'm like, wow, this is, this is possible. Right. And I believe it's possible. So that's why I continue to talk to that audience Whereas I know some people in the adoption world are like, I don't have the time or day or mental capacity or trauma space left in my capacity 
to talk to that that kind of folk. So I'm like, hey, that's that's fair, you know. And so for me, I'm really excited about creating content, you know, with you and and with other adoptees. I've done so many events with other adoptees. Shout out to all y'all out there who are happy to use platforms and space and time to share stories that aren't getting shared, you know. And so I don't know where, what tangent I just went on, but I was, I'm, I'm fired up. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, for you guys who don't uh, know how Molly and I connected, Molly read my book, What White Parents Should Know About Transracial Adoption. And she reached out to me on Instagram. And we've been chatting on and off for like a few months now. And yeah. a few I think it was like a month and a half ago, we, we connected again and Molly was just like, I want to create a course. And I was automatically down because it was, in remember the how I was like, remember how I was like, I want to, I want to create a course and I'm going to do this course, but like, do you want to do like an intro video? And like, that's all. Cause I, in my mind, I was like, this girl is going to be like, girl, I don't have time for you to like invite me to do your course with you. And I was like, she could just do like a little video. It'll be cool. People will be like, Oh cool. It's Melissa. You know? Meanwhile, she's like, I'll just do the course with you. I'm like, <laughs> okay great you know I'm fangirling over here like cool this is wonderful <laughs> I I was just like automatically for the idea because like it's been in the back of my head because like obviously yes. I wrote the book so I want to work with adoptive families and like help them prepare because my goal is to help children and in order yes. to do that I believe that we all have to work together and adoptive parents hold a lot of power so when Molly approached me I was That's just right. like it's been in the back of my head but like I have so many ideas and like being disabled, being a woman of color, like working from home with two kids, one with a disability, it's it's a lot. So, <laughs> you know, when I was approached by Molly, I was just like, you know, I think it would be too difficult to do it by myself. And like, what better way than work with another adoptee? That's another adoptee's lived experience. Molly has been working on these events for a while. She's been like making these amazing connections too. And I think we just like honestly hit it off because like not everybody works well together. But so far, like sure. me and Molly like have been like an excellent team. There's a lot of communication and like we have been able to make this program and if you check out the eventbrite listing it lists out like all the things that we're going to cover in each class like the first one is i believe on like adoption basics and trauma and then we have a section on like social media we have a, a, a yes. section on racial identity we have all these identity yeah. Like, yeah, reunion with birth family, and I think it's going to be a really amazing thing. And like a lot, we will be touching on a lot of the topics that I talked about in my book. But obviously, in in a book, you can't go over every little thing. There's only a certain amount of pages. So we are going to have yes. like amazing examples. We're gonna have activities. We're gonna have like all these amazing things to work with adoptive parents. And the whole goal is not to shame. This is supposed to be an open right. environment where adoptive parents can come and be honest, be vulnerable. We want you to yes. get comfortable being uncomfortable. And what better way than to do it with two adoptees with lived experience who yes. understand what it's like to be a transracial adoptee, have different experiences coming to the table, and where we can support you and walk with you on this journey. And mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's going to be an amazing thing. We already have several people signed up, several people interested. Yes. Don't miss out because tickets are on sale in until the end of the month so Halloween and the first class is is going to be on the first Tuesday of November so you know don't miss out because uh, I don't think t t 
tickets are going to be as cheap for the next class. <laughs> and I want to say, you, that was, that was a great explanation and description and everything. And then you, in the beginning said, help prepare, you know, adopt, adoptive parents. But I also want to throw in there that like, as you and I discuss all the things we're planning, this is also like, could be a refresher. It could be a day to day. And I think if you've never taken a course from an adoptee or more than one adoptee, then this is like the course for you. It doesn't matter if you're adopted um, child is a teenager or you're an empty nester and your adoptive you know person is out of the house at this point you could still you could still really learn from this course because like my friend called me in 2020 and so messaged me in 2020 and said I noticed you changed wouldn't it be a beautiful thing to all you you know white adoptive parents out there if your transracial adopted daughters sons anyone who you've adopted however they identify wouldn't they it'd be great if they called you up and say Hey mom, hey dad, I realize you've changed and I appreciate that. You know, what an investment that would be. Because that would be dope if parents who've abandoned their adoptees would say that, you know, that would, I mean would would change and would come come forth and learn something new. And I think that's why it's none of this information is gonna be like, here's what you do to adopt. Here, you know, it's none of none of that information is in this course. It's it's about how to support the family, how to support the culture of your home how to educate yourself and like Melissa said, be uncomfortable with being uncomfortable or be comfortable with being uncomfortable maybe. Um, and learning how your role as a parent has to kind of be brought low. You need to be humbled in some ways. Well, I'm learning too, as a parent, we have to be humble. Y'all our life depends around. My life is dependent around when my kid wakes up. I don't set an alarm. He wakes me up y'all. It's like, mom, I'm like, you know, I don't have to set an alarm. It's six fifty. It's five thirty. He wakes up, you know? So, the same way that I have to be humble and, and kind of like plan my life around what my kid needs, the same way that we have to be humble in admitting the things that we think that are wrong. We have to be humble in, you know, thinking about the things that we have our own trauma in and not just finding relief for our sons and daughters, but we need to actually find relief for ourselves. So I'm saying that to you as a white adoptive parent, we will be tackling some of those things. And so this is to prepare you for, better loving your child, better loving your adoptee, and helping with the day-to-day, -day, improving your culture and your family, improving the culture in your home. And I really, really want some white adoptive men, parents, you know, male parents to come out to this course as well. Um, I'm in the, a couple of those Facebook groups that I'm out there saying, hey, where are the dads at? Because mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like the adoptive dads can sometimes kind of fall out of the light, you know, and not really be as uh, strong in our in our lives as the mom figure but i think that i'd love to see some dads engaging in conversation and really like in the facebook group in between the classes discussing some of the, the topics and whatnot because i think that i think dads are awesome you know my husband's an awesome dad and i know that you know dads have great qualities that sometimes just you know get get less noticed but y'all are out there so yeah. Know that this is a course that is not just like an intro. It's not a 101, like things you should know. It's it's a 101, like this is the 101 opportunity from adoptees. Like how many times have you had this experience? So don't let it be your your uh, missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I also want to reiterate that like Molly and I, we're not here to just like point fingers and laugh and be like, ha, oh, you made a mistake. We gotcha. <laughs> the whole point is to to grow together and what I found really wonderful in my journey that not every adoptee and adoptive family gets to experience is that 
Um, if you guys will, well, you know me if you've been following for a while, but I didn't find out that I was adopted until 19. And um, there were a lot of bumps along the way. Um, and so my, my adoptive parents and I, we always didn't get along. And there was a lot of animosity. There was anger. There was grief that we all had to go through. And I was inspired by that journey of growth with my family. So I want to help other families have that change and work together and not just, you know, uh, one of the solutions that you can go through that some adoptee, adoptees go through is they say, well, you know, my parents are gonna, aren't going to change and I don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And then the families are, are separated by many years. Um, they don't talk anymore. They're, you know, they're, they're ostracized from one another. But with my family, I had that choice where I could have just given up on my parents and been like, oh, well, this is too hard. I don't want to deal with it anymore. There were so many tears. There was so much anger. There was, there was so much pain on both of our sides. But then something changed in me when I was pregnant and I struggled with infertility and I've always had medical issues since I was a child. And when I became pregnant and I was going through that process, I really like was it, I felt like I could understand my birth mother's shoes and my adoptive mother's mm -hmm. shoes a lot better. And it was in that moment where like holding my baby on my chest and like just thinking, well, you know, how could a mother place a child? What did mm -hmm. my adoptive mother feel when she finally had had me in her arms and like to not be able to have carry your own child the grief that goes with it is really it's a lot it's a lot to deal with but that was my adoptive mother's responsibility was to to work on herself and heal her trauma but unfortunately, that kind of clouded the needs of her child, me and my brother. And so those were things that we needed to address in adulthood. And let me tell you, me and my parents, we made a lot of mistakes along the way. But one thing that we have always been good at is open communication. And my my mom was, was not shy to say how she felt. I was not shy to say how I felt. And we, we, we were able to grow together because we didn't we didn't want to lose what we had and we knew at the root of it that despite the mistakes that they made despite the pain that they caused we still loved each other and we valued that relationship and it was you know we weighed the pros and cons because some relationships can't be salvaged i feel like That's some true. people need to know that like some relationships yes. can't be salvaged but there was a point where if my parents didn't change, a lot of people who listen know that like they, they had a lot of prejudices against people of color. This was a hard boundary for me because wow. they needed to learn about white privilege. They needed to learn about different identities and cultures and get rid of the discrimination that they had. And having children that are Latino, mixed race, indigenous children, I needed to create a safe home for my children. So that was like a no no context like these were things that needed to happen and it came to a point where like my parents needed to make this choice were they going to grow or they were they just going to settle and just not change because it was easier just to to have their beliefs 
And I'm going to admit it, my parents aren't perfect still. Like, nobody's perfect. I'm a parent. I make mistakes all the time. But what salvaged and keeps our relationship going is that we are willing to admit to our mistakes. We are learning to grow and address them and work together. And so that's why I, I wanted to share this with you guys because I really don't want adoptive parents coming into this afraid. And I've had many consultation with adoptive parents. I have worked at many agencies doing workshops this past year. I've done dozens. I've I, I, and I have a keynote. I have other conferences. I've worked with conf, uh, agencies in the UK. I've worked with agencies in Africa. And sometimes adoptive parents will get on and be like, "Well, I was really scared to meet you. I didn't know what you would think. I didn't know if you were going to judge me for wanting to adopt a child." And like, I get that fear because when you are dealing with infertility or just like wanting to adopt a child and you're opening your ears to all this new information, a lot of times adoptive parents will feel like, oh, well, is adoption a bad thing? Is adoption this? Am I doing a bad thing? Am I being selfish? What should I do? So there are a lot of these feelings going on. And if you are just going to let them take over you, you're not going to think about, well these are all the issues that I'm dealing with. Now I need to deal with learning all this stuff for my child <laughs> as well. It can get overwhelming. So I, I definitely think that we are going to address a lot of the concerns. We're going to go over a lot of topics that a lot of courses are not necessarily going to go over. So yeah, so that that's my spiel basically. Oh, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> it, was, it was really good to have, I mean, thank you for being so vulnerable to share that. It's, probably not new necessarily to people who listen to you and, and subscribe to your channels and whatnot, but I appreciate you sharing that, you know, just from one human to another, especially like being, being a mom, becoming pregnant. It's not, it's not as easy as people make it out to be. And, yeah. you know, I think that's like, again, why I like to talk about topics like that just in general in my life. Um, because I think it's, it's, you know, social in a social setting, people are like, Oh, you're pregnant. Congrats. But they don't know how, how long it took you to get to that moment. Mm -hmm. how you're feeling they don't know what happened years previous to your you know all the gynecological gynecological appointments you you know got there and were they great were they hard were they easy people just like oh when's baby two and it's like yo chill you know like um i have a friend who's like unless you're gonna come to all my appointments with me and and all that that don't ask me when i'm gonna get, get pregnant it's like yes i love that you know because it's such a sensitive topic and i think also for adoptees you know some some of us struggle do i want to be a parent do i want to be a mom am i am I fit to be that? You know, I have a lot of trauma or former foster youth. You know, I was just reading someone's, um, former foster youth, um, her page about, um, her, her being a, a new mom. And I was just like, so amazed by the things that she shares and the things that, you know, she puts out there. And so many people are willing to be vulnerable. So many adoptees and former foster youth are vulnerable to a T, right? It's almost like we don't know how to be, we don't know how to not be vulnerable, which is great. Um, I guess, unless there's oversharing, but I think that's just part of us too. Um, but I think that like, that's where white adoptive parents can learn from us. That's where I think just white people in general, you know, America does not really teach like being vulnerable is cool. Um, but I think that it's very much so the kind of just be nice and keep moving and don't, don't give too much, don't rock the boat kind of, and it's just like, ah, you know, but because I'm in proximity to white folks and I, have grandparents who are white and I have well grandma and I have aunts and uncles and I have 
you know, cousins that have children that they're I'm, I'm related to all those folks through my adoption. I need people in my world to understand what we're talking about. You know, the sensitivities in what you're talking about, the, the struggles in which you spoke about and the open conversations I think is really, really um, great, which actually I have an event called open conversations with adoptees, which is basically like, it's, it's basically like fly, like, it's typically targeted towards white folks who want to adopt or anyone who wants to adopt, you know, white, but you know, some of the conversation is transracial adoption. But the cool thing about that is people who are interested in adoption or foster, uh, fostering, or maybe have a, a sibling in, within the system or whatever, they're like, you know, I want to learn about this. And so we have a conversation about it as adoptees. And it's kind of like the attendees are flies on the wall almost. And so it's, it's kind of unique because it's kind of like candid conversation. You're just going to listen in and you're going to probably hear some things that we're not going to water down, you know, um, which for me is good because like, like you said, um, I think you say, on, what's your, what's your sub, your sub, your motto on your um, adopting page? Oh, like, like delving, into delving into the nuances of transracial adoption. Yeah. I think that's like, I like that because it's just like, we have to dive in. We have to delve in. We, we cannot just stay on the surface. Like there's so much more. And um, I think a lot of adoption agencies and the process of adoption is kind of just, people are just waiting. You're just waiting in the water at that point. Yeah. You got your, you went through the process. Cool. You, you, you completed your family. You've never delved in yet. There's been no doubt. You haven't, you haven't even gotten out of the baby pool yet. You know, I need you to get into the end. <laughs> Or you're treading water. Treading water is going to be course number one for us, where we're going to be talking about the history of adoption and trauma. And that doesn't mean it's going to be like, boom, coming at you, you know, because we all have trauma. Every person in the world has trauma. And like you said, my husband will be talking about that. He's a professor, been teaching education, been a teacher before, all this stuff. So he, and he does a great creative exercise to help us talk about that. But what's really cool about that is you can't really talk about trauma on the surface. You got to go deep, you know? And so that's why I love that we're tailoring our classes, our courses to be really focused on getting into the deep end and, and I'll give you a floaty. Here's a floaty, hang on to the side of the pool, but we're going to talk about these things. We're going to have to tread water a little bit. Um, and I, I love that you press into adoption agencies and then you say, you know, what are you doing? Are you letting us speak? Are you paying us to speak, et cetera? Because that forces them to also get into the deep end. And that's where, we really need culture to go too. So I know that I know that our adoptee crew out there, you know, people online, people not online are just doing a lot of stuff, being creative, you know, having conversations and really striking a core with folks who are trying to adopt. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm thankful for people who have helped me to say, let's try this and let's have this conversation. Um, and I've had a prospective adoptive parent who's uh, biracial and black and say basically like she was interested in it. And then she listened to a couple of things that I hosted and listened to a couple of things that other adoptees hosted. And she said, you know what? I think I'm, I'm learning a little bit more and I think I'm going to pass on this adoption thing and try something different, you know, maybe guardianship or love in a different way. And I said, thank you. That's good. You know, and I'm not saying adoption is bad or it's, you know, I'm against it, but I appreciate that that one person said, you know what, I think what I've, what I've heard from you and what I've heard from other adoptees is there's another way, there's other ways. So I really respect that through conversation, everyone's able to, you know, learn yes. a little bit, grow. Yeah. And, I, and I like that 
that kind of, not ultimatum that you, you kind of give to your parents, but just, were they going to grow or were they going to settle? And that is huge, you know? And I think that's where we differ. And I, I hope maybe one day in my life it'll be different, but my parents have chose to settle, man. They've chose to settle. They live in a, they live in a different state and never, I don't see them. They don't talk to me. They've never met their grandson. Like, it's just weird. You know, I'm like, I never would have thought this. Um, because growing up, I, I didn't feel like I felt close. I felt loved. I felt cared for in a lot of ways. There were some things, of course, I could have done differently because, you, like you said, parents were making mistakes, you know. But they've chosen to settle, and I don't know who these people are anymore, and I wish that upon no one, you know. I wish that upon no one who's even just biologically related to their parents, you know. Have a conversation. Go to therapy. Get some help. Let's just change the narrative here, y'all. Let's do something different so that there are not adult people out, you know, adults out here having a strange relationships with people who raise them. That's weird. Yeah. Um, gotta be able to, I mean, I honestly am so, I'm so amazed by you and your mom and the story there. And I, you know, I gotta hear more, but I'm just, if y'all can get through it, why can't we, you know, Hey, <laughs> well, that, can get you know what, that I, I love that you say that because like, I, I want to give other families hope and I'm going to be honest, right. not every, every family is going to be able to heal. There's some intergenerational trauma that is never going to be able to heal. But yeah. what I, I just feel like more adoptive parents need to like, listen to ad adult adoptees because like at the end of the day, your baby's going to grow up. They're not going to be in diapers anymore. They're going to yes. be a teenager. They're going to be an adult. They're going to have their own opinions. And whether or not you have the most perfect home for your child, there are going to be bumps along the way. And adoptees are more likely to, you know, have some certain mental illnesses. They are more likely to yep. struggle. Adoptees are four times more likely to attempt suicide. There are things that are unfortunately a reality for adopted and fostered children and yeah. love is an important ingredient but it's not the only ingredient that's necessary for a full well-rounded you know like child yeah. to, to grow up in a healthy way and they are going to change as they age they're going to have their own opinions sometimes they're going to be completely happy that they're adopted and other times they're going to be really sad and you need yeah. to be prepared to deal with those emotions and support your child and validate their feelings without pushing your own you know your own baggage and your own like opinions about adoption on them and there are going to be moments where it's going to be really difficult and like as a parent I understand how difficult it is to talk about certain things with your kid but these are things that you can't shy away from because they're necessary um, and yeah, so I, I'm really glad that I had this chance with Molly. If we're lucky, maybe she'll keep coming on and we can have these conversations because hey. bef before we hopped on, we were talking about this new adoption app that matches adoptees, uh, not adoptees, yep. uh, matches birth parents with adopted parents. And it's like this, I don't know, it, it just we we could go on a whole episode talking about that so if you're interested leave a comment send us a message and we will get into that maybe next week <laughs> that's, a, that's a good that's a good point yeah leave a comment if you, if you heard about this app tell us what yeah. you think yeah tell us what you think and oh, we'll chat about it uh, soon um thank and you again molly i just want to use this quick end to plug anything that you you want to plug your website um where where can people find you and your work okay so i'll do that and then i'll also end with your quote that i found on the preface and i mean into the book yet but it's in the preface 
But so, yes, you can find me at monarch-connections.com. That's where we connect on, you know, bringing people together and finding what's missing, making meaningful connections. If you want to get signed up for coaching, you can do that there. Um, I got some stuff in the, the, the shop there that, you know, needs to get out, you know, so feel free to just check out my website, see what's going on there. I'm at, at Monarch Connections on Instagram. And if you want to follow me on my personal page, it's jetsetton underscore 365. Although I'm not traveling 365. I wish I was. <laughs> You're on a flight. Um, and then, yeah, on podcasts. I'd like, love to be on more podcasts. This is awesome. And we're going to be doing some in-person events. I'm in West Philly. So if you see a flyer around the city and you say, oh, I've heard of, you know, I've heard of Moderate Connections. Don't be shy. Show up to our events. Um, probably doing some singles events, networking events, things like that. And, um, I think I'm going to be doing a, like, I've never done this before, but I think I'm going to do a, um, a court, like a, an event with just myself. Usually it's like me and some other adoptees or me and some other people. I think I need to challenge myself to do an, an event by myself. So I think that's going to be, um, coming in December, um, starting out in December, maybe for sale, um, through the, the new year. And so those are some ways you can find me. Um. I'm on Facebook, but I don't really do much with that. So we'll just keep it on Instagram. The quote that I want to leave you all with is this really, really good point. And yes, I'm going to use this really good point to drive home the fact that we have a course for sale. But in general, if you can't make the course, that's cool. No shame. Maybe you can make something else. So here, this quote, it says, I frequently find that adoptive parents often promote fundraisers to raise the cost of home studies and lawyer fees. I never see adoptive parents raising money for education and workshops for transracial education. So thank you, Melissa, for putting that in your book. I absolutely agree. And I'd like for that to change. So if I'm looking at a camera and I'm on a TV show, I'm looking right at the camera and I'm saying white adoptive parents, moms, dads, guardians, get your grandma involved as well. Get your aunts involved. Get some money. Pay for these events because this is a lifetime of education for you and for your, your adoptees to feel better and feel more seen and heard. Yes. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you, Molly. Um, I just want to reiterate and, and thank you again for coming on today. I am super excited. Please check out all the links that are going to be in the description. Again, our, our course will be on sale all month of October. Get your tickets now. There will be four weeks in November. The week off uh, is for Thanksgiving, whether you celebrate, you don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're super excited. Don't miss out. And we hope to see you there. And and if not, we'll, we'll see you on social media in the next podcast. I'm so glad that you joined me today. And if you would like to hear more from Adoptee Thoughts, make sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you'd like to learn more about me, you can check out my website, adopteethoughts.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.